0: You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We are a church that strives to have open hearts, open minds, and open doors as we make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And one of the ways that we do that is offering up our sermons for you to listen to. And so we hope you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org or on our social media at TahlequahUMC. So enjoy today's message. I had approached... um... Christian uh, several months ago and said, hey, I'd like for you to preach for me on this day because um, the sermon topic was on the power of service. And what a better way to talk about the power of service than to have a missionary talk about serving and when news broke of, of her having a stroke, and, and Shanna was like, no, no, Matt, um, I've got this. It's okay, um, because I'm actually leaving for Denver this afternoon. I'm flying out. Um, my flight leaves at 2.30, as my phone reminded me just a few minutes ago. But I knew that I was flying out, and I was just going to be here for just a little bit, and then we were going to um, depart and um, you know get to the airport so I could be there on time. And, and I knew that Shanna had... Um, you know, getting ready for paperwork and, and knowing the text and being familiar with mission and, and the call to mission, I was like, No, Shanna, I can, I can make it work and I'll, and I'll have something for, for Sunday. And so, you know, I, as I was writing the sermon, I, I couldn't help but keep thinking about Kristen and her influence on my life. And, um, and I'll talk more about that later. But I just want you to hold that family in your prayers. Um, That's a difficult situation to go through and and a lot to navigate over the next several months. And so just be with them in in prayer like I know that you are and do such a great job of it. Because let me tell you, getting texts Thursday afternoon and Friday when I'm sitting with my grandmother, um, that makes a pastor feel really loved and cared for. And and I know that you uh, do that very well because we believe in the power of faith. There's power in our faith, how we practice it. There, there's lives can be touched and transformed, and our lives can be touched and transformed if we harness the f- power of faith. And Hebrews 1, 1 reminds us, faith is the reality of what we hope for and the proof of what we do not see. And so our Power of Faith sermon series was to look at some components of faith and, and, and to see how we can be transformed to transform the world. And if you remember in the first week, I, I, I invited us to remember our baptism, and I shared with you the story of the woman who had to leave everything behind at her baptism because her family said, if you became a Christian, you were no longer welcome. And so she came to her baptism with her luggage packed, ready to go. And I challenged you all to do the same to remember your baptism and to let go of the baggage that sometimes keeps us from living that out. And then if you remember in the second week, I invited you to come and see what Jesus was offering, where Jesus was leading. I invited you to, to encourage others to come and see how God is at work in this world. And then if you remember last week, I let you play with Legos. And you got to ride on Legos as you remembered, as we remembered that we are parts of the body of Christ and parts of each other, connected together through Jesus. And so as we think about these things, I want to encourage you to to remember that we are called to serve. And today we're going to be looking at the power of service. But before we dive into Scripture, let us pray. God of love, in the reading of your scripture, may your word be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your word be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your word be shown. And all of us gathered here today said, Amen. Listen to these words from the prophet Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Hear what the Lord is saying. Arise, lay out the lawsuit before the mountains. Let the hills hear your voice. Hear, mountains, the lawsuit of the Lord. Hear, eternal foundations of the earth. The Lord has a lawsuit against his people. With Israel, he will argue. My people, what did I ever do to you? Have you ever worried about, have I ever worried you? Answer me. I brought you up out of the land of Egypt. I redeemed you from the house of slavery. I sent Moses, Aaron, Miriam before you. My people, remember what Moab's king, Balak, had planned and how Balm, Baro's son, answered him. Remember everything from Shittim to Gilgah that you might learn to recognize the righteous acts of the Lord. What should I approach the Lord and bow down before God on high? Should I come before him eternal, entirely burned offerings with a year-old calves? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with many torrents of oil? Should I give my oldest child for my crime, the fruit of my body for the sin of my spirit? He has told you, human one, what is good and what the Lord requires from you to do justice and base, embrace faithful love and to walk humbly with your God. May you receive what the Spirit is saying in the reading of the Scriptures. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now, if you remember a couple weeks ago, I invited you to pull out your phones and look at our website. And navigate our website to be connected to our church, to fill out that one little email deal to can be connected. So, I'm going to invite you to bring out your phones again if you don't already have them out. Of course, I know there's no NFL games on until 5 30 today, so I know you're not checking scores. So, I want to invite you to open up your web browser and go to this website, menti.com, M E N T I.com. And if you don't have one, it's okay too. Or if you're not comfortable with doing that, that's okay too. So just go to your, go on your phones and, and go on minty.com. And for those of you that were in our discipleship ministry team meeting um, a few weeks ago, you'll remember this website. We use this to, to do some other things. And so I want to invite you to do this, and then you'll be prompted to do a code. And so in the code, you'll just write eighteen twenty seventy eight. There's no spaces. And so hopefully, if you're not if you're there or. If, you know, if you have slow internet, that's fine too, um, but you'll be prompted with this question. What, is, what, is, what definition best describes mission for you? And there's several, there's, several, there's several ones that I throw out there for you. People going overseas as foreign missionaries, people working in specific areas, a new church startup in ethnically diverse areas, Young people and adults going for a short-term mission experience, a campaign to raise funds for mission work, a category in the church budget of money given for work outside of the church, a statement on the front of the Sunday Bulletin that tells why we exist as a church. So I want you to, to think about those. What, what does that mean to you? What does mission mean to you? And, and and if you need more time, I'm going to give you more time to think about that. And, and I'm going to share the results with um, you all next Sunday. And I'll actually even share them Monday when we send out our email of what's going on. But I can already kind of tell you where we're at right now with our results. For those that have... I think we've already had 19 respond. And um, 14 of you have said that People working in a specific area, that's the biggest one, 15. It keeps growing, it it keeps changing as you guys keep voting. So keep voting and, and keep going from there, and I'll share that with you when it's all done. But I also want you to know that none of these are wrong. These are all a definition of mission. But if you notice, in each of these definitions of mission, it's defined by something that the church does as part of its life and programs. When I was working with um, some United Methodist women asked to speak on missions in the church, they asked me, you know, what do you think about missions in the church? I, I had said, and I believe this, that a church without missions is dead. A church that refused to serve and go out into the world and do justice and to love and, and, and to walk humbly with God is dead. Because when we refuse to do those things, we refuse to be the church and we're just a social club. And we're called out to serve. And and it's not just called out to serve, to go to places like Israel or Africa. It's called to go in our local communities, in our local context, because some of us are the best missionaries that our area has. Because we do those things, we do justice, we show love, and we walk humbly with God. When foreign missionaries return home, they they come home and they share their experience about what they did. Mission is about what we do as a church. It's not just a program, it's not just saying that one person does missions. We all do missions, whether we realize it or not. And what's really cool is that some of us get paid to do the missions that we're called to do. I think of teachers teachers are our biggest missionaries. Those of you that have been teachers will know that it is like being a missionary. And how you live out being a teacher is, is an example of how you share Christ with the world. And no government can stop you from doing that. Because you can share God's love without having to throw it over them or uh, you know, beat it over them. You can show them what love looks like. And sometimes it's hard as a teacher. I know I was one of those troublemakers. And I know a lot of people prayed over me as teachers. Because I needed it. But a book that helped me with my missionary journey and to understand what missions was, was, was a book called Introduction to Missional Church. What is it and why does it matter and, and how to become one? And, and in it has this great line. He says, Mission is not an action or program, but it's the essence that pervades all the church is. God calls the church to be the demonstration Of what all creation is to be. I'm going to say that again. God's mission is not an action or program, but it's the essence that pervades all the church. God calls the church to be the demonstration of what all creation is to be. And we can have a missional mindset if we recognize that we, all of us, by our baptism, And by who we are as followers of Jesus, are called to be a sign, a witness, a foretaste of God's kingdom here and now. That we are called to participate in the missional journey to embrace that God is with us, God is working on us, God is working through us in everything we do. That's a huge task, isn't it? That in everything we do is an opportunity to be in mission for the world. And some people are called to, to go overseas. Some people are called to be in mission to make sure that kids learn viable Sunday school deals. Some people are called to be in mission to serve as adult educators. Some people are called to work at Feed My Sheep or go on an emergency response deal. Some people are called to clean out the pews on Sunday night, Sunday morning. When we embody mission, we, we do it to share God's love with the world, to share justice, to embrace love in such a way that we want to share that with the world. And that's what today's scripture is about. One, I love the scene. Just imagine the scene. In today's scripture reading, God is calling us to act, yes. But in the scene, it's God being the lawyer. It's a judge scene. Just imagine that. Just imagine yourself sitting in a judge scene. You have God presenting His case, and you have the other person presenting their case. And, and really it really comes down to that simple question, what does the Lord require of us? And if you notice, I said, you know, do I need to give up my child? Do I, do I need to give this, or do I need to give that, or, or do I need to give all, the, all things, or what is it that I should give? I love God's response in this. What does the Lord require from you? To do justice, embrace faithful love, and to walk humbly with our God. So what does that mean for you? So where do we answer God's calling in this? And, and what does God require of us? One of my favorite writers and theologians, Frederick Buechner, has this great quote, and, and I shared it with the discipleship ministry team a few weeks ago. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. If you go ahead and get to that slide. Sorry, Tom, I, I took off. Before, I forgot to tell you I'm taking off. But I want you to look at that. This is where God is calling you. The place where God calls you is the place where your deep gladness and the world's hunger meet. That's how God can use you where God needs you to be, is where our deep gladness and world's deep hunger meet. And I got a foretaste of this in 2002. In 2002, actually it started in 2001, after 9-11, the Wesley Foundations all over Oklahoma got together and and they decided that they were going to take a mission trip together. So all the Wesley Foundations um, all over the state of Oklahoma got together and they decided they were going to New York to help in areas in New York City. And so when I heard about this, I I was going to the Wesley Foundation at the time, I I, I went Monday nights for pizza, uh, communion and pizza, sometimes worship communion and pizza. But when I heard about this trip, I was like, I got to go on this. I need to go. And, and, and I've never been on a mission trip before. My mom had talked about knowing missionaries, and, and she, she would always show us pictures of, of her missionary friend in the Philippines. And, and I was curious about what does mission look like, because I never had been before. Not only that, I'd never been to New York before. And What a better way from a, for a guy from a small town to go to the big city. Not only that, like the big city. And so I went, and I didn't know anybody on the trip. I, I didn't know anybody that was going from our Wesley Foundation or any other Wesley Foundation from that matter. But we got together, and we went, and, and we, we became this one big family. And, and when you come together as a big family from all over the places, it's amazing this, the shared experience that you have. Little would I know that Kristen Brown would be on this trip. And I got to know Kristen just a little bit. I got to meet her briefly because she was at Swassu at the time. She was the Wesley Foundation director there and connected with her and got to know her. And always, even when I became a minister, it was fun that I knew I had a colleague that I knew that we had a shared experience of going to New York together. And I think of some others that have been influential in my life, Uh, and Scott Spencer and and Jeremy Smith. Those were people that I got to know on this trip, because when you go on those things or when you serve with people, whether it's at Feed My Sheep or, or helping with Wednesday nights or whatever it is when we're serving, you really get to know people in intimate settings. Especially if you go on a mission trip, you really get to know them because you're sleeping pretty close to people. And then you really have a shared experience, some that you'll never forget, and some that you want to forget but can't, both positive and negative. But it was in the middle of this trip when we were working in our food pantry that I felt the calling of making sure that to do all that I could to to help people who needed to eat. We were working in the largest food pantry in New York, and it was no bigger than the sanctuary. Actually, it was underneath the church, Methodist Church in New York. And there I got to learn how to, to do a food pantry and, and had a great time. And, and I'm in there in that picture somewhere, you just can't see me because I was very small. I would kill to be that size again. But this trip transformed me. It worked on me and worked through me. In Roxburgh, in, in his book, he says, the church is God's missionary people There's no participation in Christ without participating in God's mission in the world. As followers of Jesus, we are called to do what God has required of us. And when we do those things, lives are transformed as well as ours. But we can't be afraid. We have to be available. We have to be willing to do what it is that God's calling us because maybe we're being called to go on these mission trips and we just keep pushing them off and pushing them down the road. Maybe God is calling us to serve in the church and we just don't know how and and we're we're too afraid to say, I have these gifts and I want to share them with the world. Maybe we're we're, we're just so afraid of going somewhere because we don't know what it is and, and, and maybe we're just so afraid to do because it's scary and we feel alone. But it should be the complete opposite because we know that in everything we do, God is with us because God loves us and cares for us that much. And so how can we participate in missions? I love this little line, be, go, and do. That's how we participate in missions. We be available to do justice, embrace faithful love, and walk humbly with our God every day. We go where needed to do justice, embrace faithful love, and walk humbly with our God every day. We do justice, we do embrace faithful love, and we do walk humbly with our God every day. And so start today. And I guarantee you God will transform you and transform the world through you by being available, going where needed, and doing what you can. And that's how there's power in service. When we surrender ourselves and are available and are willing, and we just go and do. And when we do those things, the world does become transformed, and I believe it. And so this week, I want to encourage you to think about how you can be, go, and do. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, and we hope you connect with us at TahlequahUMC.org.